Heidi. And I'm Stefan. And this is Ice Cream Parlor. The podcast where we watch horror movies and then we talk shit about them. Well, you don't talk shit. We mostly, I mostly love them. Yeah. You're the one talk shit. I kind of talk shit. But no, I love <laughs> Ooh, them I too. I don't get scared. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, <clears throat> this is the podcast. Oh, where Stefan doesn't get scared. <laughs> repeating myself now. He does that too. A lot. Yeah. Short term memory loss. It's fun, Side though. effects of the marijuana. It's fun though. Yeah. I I don't know. I tried weed once before and I projectile vomited, as you know. But maybe just edibles aren't my thing. You tried the wrong stuff, the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, you time, fucking probably. got it for me. I mean, I don't know. I thought I, I, I got know, you I, a and weak yes, dosage, I'll but. recognize that I wasn't supposed to take the whole packet. I was supposed to take a piece of it. I get that. That was my bad. <laughs> It was still... Um, but I projectile vomited. All I remember was I had to do long division in order to speak because words equaled numbers. And then I remember projectile vomiting like in The Exorcist. It sounds like you were on a mushroom trip or a, pay, a crazy peyote or ayahuasca trip of some sorts or whatever. I don't know. With all that projectile vomiting. Ugh. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's I thought gross. it was inedible. <laughs> but so no. it's not for me exactly. I'm not that I have anything against it. Um, I do want to try the beverages. Well, we live in California, so you can try anything you want to. Oh, I know. I have my own Ease account, but I don't smoke weed or do anything with weed except for maybe. I don't know. Buy you weed. <laughs> well, there's more options out there. We just got to search around for them. But I guess so. But this is so easy. Waka waka. So let's see here. So how was your week? Let me see. I don't know. Let me think about it for a second. I think it was good. I don't remember a lot of bad things <laughs> happening. So I think it was good. That's great. Yeah. Busy, but good. How about yours? The week's been pretty good. Um, I don't know. So far, it's been so far it's been pretty good. I did the most LA thing ever. What's that? I did a couple of auditions. Oh, you did! Finally, got around to doing those auditions, huh? Uh, what kind of auditions? Well, they're not as LA as you think. Um, it's for audiobooks. Oh, well, that's cool. Is that your stomach? No, was it yours? No. What the fuck? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah. So it was for audiobooks. Um, I, I went on two auditions and I got both of them. So I'm going to be pretty busy. Great. Well, glad to hear that. Congratulations. Do you want to hear what one of them is? Do you want to tell me what one of them is? One of them is a porn book. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I submitted an audition that was mostly me talking like this and I got it and I just thought I wasn't going to. I was just fucking around, <laughs> but I'll take it seriously because somebody took the time to write the book. So I will read it. OK, well, again, congratulations on porn. Mm -hmm. Say on porn on porn. <laughs> Is it really porn, though? I mean, it's um, how to talk dirty to your partner. It's not porn. 
Is it? It's a part of porn. So, it's a good skill to use in the bedroom. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Do you remember back in the AOL instant messenger days? And yeah. you ASL? Would, and you... Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Question um, mark, yeah. <laughs> what is it? MFM or F... FF? I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. The male, the male female, for female, female I, for female. I remember pick to pick, pick for pick or something like right, that. Right, because that's what I was getting at. Um, I was more like picks for text because I like the stories. The stories, okay. Yeah, the text, like there were like really great stories at that time. The written right. word is a lost art form. Well, congratulations on your sex book audition. <laughs> And hopefully uh, it doesn't take away too much from you doing this podcast because I love hearing your voice here, too. I'll take it. All right, cool. Awesome. All right, enough with the lame shit. Let's move on. What the fuck is up? What movie are we doing this week? So what else could we do to celebrate our recommitting to this podcast? What else could we do to make my soul happy than to things. immerse myself into the world of Rob motherfucking zombie. Okay. So House of a Thousand Corpses it is for this week. Uh, okay. House of a Thousand Corpses. I didn't realize that I was two weeks from being a mother for the first time when this movie came out. That means I went to go see this movie nine months pregnant. <laughs> Isn't that fucking insane? Oh, I got confused. So you didn't know you were pregnant until you were nine months in? Oh, my God. No, no, no. You went to see the movie. While two... I was nine months pregnant. Oh, while you were nine months pregnant. Yeah. Wow. My daughter was born two weeks after the movie was released. Oh, okay. No wonder she's so crazy. Gotcha. Yeah, that and the fact that... Um, Static X and um, System of a Down and Slipknot and Rob Zombie were constantly being played on my 1987 Nissan Sentra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. They, apparently they can hear your shit, so, so <laughs> I take full responsibility. <laughs> gotcha. Well, like I said, it explains a lot. Um, um, so, House of a Thousand Corpses, 2003. Yeah, a long and, time ago now, now that you think about it. Well, yeah, 16 years. Mm-hmm. 16 years these are there are a few things i had forgotten i mean i've seen it since then of course but i haven't seen it in a while um and i did not remember uh, until i sat and thought about it that this movie stars can i get a drum roll <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i can do a drum roll right. i'm not a drummer so it stars of course sherry moon zombie yeah but she's credited as sherry moon okay yeah all right um, but it also stars Dwight from The Office. Oh, right, right, right. Chris Hardwick. <laughs> That's funny. Dana from The L Word. Who the hell's Dana from um, The L Word? Uh, did you ever watch The L Word? No. You should. It's some great, like, scenes in there. I don't know. What are you talking about? Is that, like, lesbian stuff? Yeah, it's a lesbian show that was on HBO for a very long time. Oh, Okay. Well, and then and then there was this other girl that I don't know where she was wait, from. Wait, but which one was she? Which one was the L word girl? Um, Denise. She is... The main girl who survives to the end or the not? The one that survives to the end. The one okay. who has the dad... I don't know if you remember the movie, but the one that's a dad... We just spoiled it for everybody. What a fucking 
error. <laughs> so, but okay. The there will be spoilers. Is, right. Okay, we forgot that part. But right. okay. So, I've also, seen this movie. You've seen this movie. Everybody better have seen this movie. Right. But, so, but, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it has one of my favorite actors ever, like from Creepy Factor, right? Sid Hay. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you forget that he was in it? Because when you started this, it sounded like you were like, oh, I forgot. No, no, no. But I'm trying to say something. Okay. What about Sid Haig? So Sid Haig was in this movie and Sid Haig also was in a lot of Pam Greer's movies, those black exploitation films. Also in Jackie Brown. He was the judge in Jackie Brown. Yeah, I remember that. And Pam Greer was also in The L Word. Oh, really? She was? Yeah. She wasn't gay, though. She was like the gay sister's, like, uh, a flunky, flunky music, musician sister that was also, who was always getting arrested for shit, but she was straight because straight people in that show weren't good. <laughs> At some point, she did have an affair with a drag king. Who? A drag king. A drag king? Yeah, so like a, a chick that dresses up like a dude for performances. Does that really exist? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. To each his own. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, um, those are the people starring it. Of course, it's directed by Rob Zombie. It's from 2003. And it is very, very Texas Chainsaw-esque. I spit on your grave-esque. Um, it has a lot of... Um, has a lot of throwbacks to those kinds of movies, which I fucking right. dig. It's, it's like a big homage of, of Rob Zombie. To I mean, if to anybody all those okay, movies that he was know, inspired by, right? Yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know the magnificence of Rob Zombie, I'm gonna give you a quick tutorial. Okay. <laughs> Break it down, Heidi. <laughs> Rob Zombie used to be the frontman for this band, White Zombie. White Zombie as you may or may not know, is a classic horror movie. Yeah, see, I didn't know that ahead of time. I found that out later on down the line, but I knew that he was in a band called White Zombie, and I just figured that they like horror movies. White Zombie was fucking amazing. I loved White Zombie. Was it about zombies? Talking about the band. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... I I, I don't... I have White Zombie. I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't remember how I feel about it. Okay. Um... But Black Sabbath was also a classic horror movie, by the way. That I kind of did know. Yeah. So um, then Rob Zombie went off and started his own solo career as Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. And he brought a lot more of the horror elements because, you know, he has songs that has like snippets from classic horror movies in it. Um, he also was a he also did the animation for the, you know, classic beautiful a world-renowned movie beavis and butthead to america oh wait he did he did the acid trip or whatever the peyote and the whatever it was that they were hmm. tripping on something in right. the desert that's right. the scene that he did and then um he also uh, have you ever seen the um no I haven't seen blank. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, so then Rob Zombie, so then Rob Zombie um, did his solo career and then he has all these movies. You know, Dragula is one of the songs that I probably, I think I did on the podcast at one point. Um, 
you know, and he does throwbacks to the monsters. He does throwbacks to classic horror movies. Sure, it's just, sure. it's just like, it's just this thing. Him and his brother, who is Spider Man, Spider One from Power Man Five Thousand, used to do all of these things. So it kind of brought over Spider mm-hmm. One and Rob Zombie as kids have a picture that shows up on the news report in one of these snippets during the movie House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh wow! Okay. So I kind of am a Rob Zombie fan. I get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like heavy music. I've seen Rob Zombie live. I like his stuff. I you love know. Rob Zombie live. Um, I he, don't. He's, um, I, I get a lot of people saying, oh, it's over. His music's overproduced, whatever, whatever. But you know what? When you see him in concert, he sounds like his fucking music. Okay. Well. His music sounds the same. It's good. It's a performance. He entertains. He's fucking amazing. He's very talented. I'm not going to take away anything from him at all. But um, we're talking about him making a movie, and so that this was is his a different. This was realm his, for him. This was his di- directorial debut. Debut, right? And I feel like that. I've also read somewhere that he's not too happy with the way he's it came not. Out. And there are a lot of things that I have issue with in this movie as well, specifically uh, Baby's acting. But we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You tried. I tried. Um, but there are there are elements that he's not happy with, which is fine. Yeah, we get it. Um, but his movies are pretty good. This movie came out in a time where a lot of movies of this severity, let's call it, weren't coming out. And then he went, boom, I got it. And it's not NC-17. It's rated R. Right. I think a lot of people still didn't understand it at the time either because it was... Uh, you know, I mean, we've evolved so much now and so has our uh, as a human society. So has our uh, I don't know, my our threshold for pain and, and horror and grossness and just frightening things and all that. So what I do remember on my end of it is that I I, I saw it a long time ago. I remember it kind of. It, it took like a turn later on in the end where it was like got really it supernatural, supernatural weird, yeah, you know, absolutely. but, um, and then there was some really like, I kind of remember this long drawn out, um, assassination scene or something oh, like that. That is fucking yeah. brilliant. I love that. Scene. But those are the things that lasted with me over the time of not so, but so I had also seen devil's rejects. Um, when it came out, but then mm-hmm. also later. And the thing is, I have watched both of these movies actually more than once, but I've probably seen Devil's Rejects more. And it Devil's Rejects seems like it's more of a straight through kind of uh, straightforward movie. Like there's kidnapping, you know, torture, robber, whatever you want to call all that is just there. But it's that it's not none of the uh, outlandish, crazy, supernatural stuff. Um, but I, I kind of, that's why I'm interested to watch it again because I haven't seen it in a while and I know devil's rejects a little bit more. So, you know, I want to go back to the beginning and see how, how it was put together again. Absolutely. I, um, I agree. We have to watch devil's rejects too. That's what you were saying, right? Eventually. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember vividly a few scenes. Um, the, the firefly family for one is an insane family. So the synopsis of the movie, I guess, is four teenagers are traveling cross country. They're writing a book about all the oddities 
that you come across when traveling cross country. Right. Um, like little pit stops and gas stations mm-hmm. and little one-off uh, stores and souvenir shops. And- yeah. Due to a flat tire, they get stranded in this very rural town and fucked up shit happens. And that's the synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is that also a synopsis that's very original or is it really kind of sort of... That's kind of like a just a standard horror movie trope. Like, that's the same thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. It was, um, what the is hills it? Have Four, eyes. Five, five teenagers were driving cross country or driving through rural Texas to go to their grandfather's gravesite, which may or may not have been disturbed uh, during some vandalism events. Um, the Hills Have Eyes, it's a family of, what was yeah. it, seven driving cross country to go to California, right? So the moral of the story is don't drive across fly. country and get <laughs> yeah, a flat tire <laughs> anywhere. This has been brought to you yeah. by American Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fly if you can. So, um, but the thing is, I would love, like, I want to retire and go cross country in an RV. At the very least, I want to take a train across country. Who knows which one I'll be able to actually do because I'm very impatient. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, I've noticed. So the synopsis of the movie is kind of sort of, again, the plot base of many other horror movies. But so, you know, um, Rob Zombie does come up with his own twist on it. And that is to have them meet up with this. uh, Dr. Satan. Well, not Dr. Satan. Yeah, but first they meet Captain Spaulding. Right. Yeah. Oh, I just, I know he's evil and he's a clown, but I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Captain Spaulding. And that's one of the good things I think about how Rob Zombie put this movie together is that the character that he developed is something that, you know, you want to hate him, but you kind of love him. And he's just, you know, he's he's on his own level. Absolutely. I love Cap. Can I paint your face? <laughs> Why? You want to make me look like Captain Spaulding? I think you'd make a good Captain Spaulding. I don't know. I don't think I have the teeth for it. <laughs> okay. So there's two trigger warnings in this movie. One, there is um, there are a couple of rape scenes. However, we do not see that. It's just implied. Two, everybody in this mo- in the Firefly family has fucked up gnarly teeth. Like... <laughs> Like, what was the old joke? Um, what were you doing? Chewing on butter? You know, they're all yellow and they're all grimy. And it's just like, oh, my God, I don't want to be that close to anybody who's talking. Yeah. Like, can you imagine talking? And the thing is, they, they like try to make out with a lot of people throughout the movie. And you're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's always the worst thing. And when somebody tries to make out with somebody in a movie and they have like the nasty teeth or the stinky breath or they're homeless <laughs> or whatever, you're like, oh, it's gross. Like I have my own. I know I'm a germaphobe, but like I think some of it is like rational. Like Captain <laughs> Spaulding has like black all around his tooth, like even the gum line part of it. But um, so we found this movie on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, if you have Prime, you can watch it for free. Yeah, is there, um, and so we... It's also on um, Apple iTunes, I think. All right. So, anyway, um, we also happen to own it, so I don't know why we watched it on Prime, by the way. I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't know that you <laughs> had it somewhere. I put it in, I, I just went on the TV and said, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, because I own it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, that's where you found it. Um, we'll be right back. 
blood, violence, freaks of nature. On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as Dr. Satan. Do you know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered... You ain't seen nothing yet. ...is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in the fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. <laughs> the boogeyman is real. <laughs> and you found him. Don't die! Please don't kill us. Director Rob Zombie <laughs> comes a journey into hell. This can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Dr. Satan. Ah, Dr. Satan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie. I forgot about it, then I remembered. Now I kind wish, of wish I forgot for- about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this movie was fucking rad. The end. Yeah. I know you like it. We'll see song. you next week. <laughs> <laughs> This movie was fucking awesome. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I liked it. I didn't have a problem with it, but there were some problems with it. Absolutely there were. But, you know, just like, it's just like, you know, like if you have an ugly kid, you got to <laughs> suck <laughs> <laughs> Gotta suck it up, buttercup. Your kid's ugly. I mean, not my kids, of course. I said, of course. I said, of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, so House of a Thousand Corpses, directed by Rob Zombie. Let's just fucking get into it. Sure. It, it opens up with a very Rob Zombie-esque style of opening. Yes, it is Dr. Frankenwolf. No, Wolfenstein or Wolfenstein. <laughs> they pronounce it both ways. In the opening credits, you hear the narrator say, Dr. Wolfenstein. But then when the guy's actually talking, he says, Wolf- What did I say? Dr. Frankenwolf. I did it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it starts, it opens up with like, you know, back in the day, you used to watch these old timey shows like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark or Tales from, Tales the, Crypt. from the Crypt. Or what have you. Um, So this was like a black and white, really low budget kind of midnight horror fest hosted by Dr. Wolfenstein. 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 And um, and it was just, just, you know, like a very funny kind of like, oh, this is, you know, we're coming into the next movie or whatever. And then it cuts to a commercial for Captain Spaulding's. Yeah. Um, Hold well, on. It is called the Museum of Monsters and Madmen. It's a commercial for Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Madmen, 
And fried chicken and, and gasoline. Oh, right. And fried chicken and gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> and this, um, it's just what you think. It's oddities. Like there's an alligator boy. There's um, a death ride. There's, I don't know. Just oh, little man. exhibits. Just like little horror, exhibits yeah, about little like little Sideshow freak yeah. things. And then he also has... Fried chicken. Complimentary fried chicken when you get <laughs> gasoline. So it's got to be good, right? Um, and then, then we find out that this movie is taking place on October 30th, 1977. Yes. Yes. Halloween Eve. Halloween Eve. Just to set up the um, the scene a little bit. It is an old decrepit gas station where they sell fucking chicken. But it is like gnarly and nasty. Captain Spaulding, as beautiful as he is, is nasty and gross. Mm -hmm. He has on clown paint um, and he has on a clown suit. Yep. And that's how he works at the gas station all the time. And he's there kind of shooting the shit with some local. The local. Who is like his assistant's named. Yeah, the little old guy. I forgot his name. Ravelli or something like that. Yeah. And he, um, they're kind of just talking about, you know, all kinds of things. Porn and people they don't like in the neighborhood, whatever. And the little old guy goes to take a shit. Yeah. Well, this also the gas station you mentioned is connected to his museum of man. Yeah. It's all, all one in the yeah. same. Yeah. What's his face goes, takes a shit. And then Captain Spaulding is greeted by two guests. Yeah. We see these, these guys lurking guests, in the bushes first. Yep. We see them. We follow them in from outside and they are two criminals. Killer Carl and Richard Wick. And they attempt to rob them. Did you? I didn't even get their names. Where'd you get their names from? The credits. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and they go to rob them. But Captain Spaulding, being the amazeballs guy he is, is not fucking scared. Nope. He's like, oh, I'll jump over to this counter and kick your fucking ass. Yeah, or kick whatever. your monkey ass or whatever. He's like just hurling obscenities at them. And then the guy, um, he gets the other guy out of the shitter and then um, he's like, that's it. I'm going to fucking shoot you. One. And Captain Spaulding's response is, fuck your mama. Mm -hmm. Two. Fuck your daddy. You know? And then yeah. just counting down with him. Like, he's like, what are you going to do? And then suddenly, from out of nowhere, outside, this guy yeah. in this big old helmet mask. It's like the mask. Like, if you know Rob Zombie, it's like the monster robot that he has on stage with him and throughout the whole Hellbilly Deluxe Saga. Um, just has this mask on him and is wielding an axe and just fucking goes yeah. to town. Just charges through the door, them, bum rushes their ass. and like Distracts them enough so that Captain Spaulding is able to take them out with a gun that he just happened to have nestled somewhere mm -hmm. um that's when he goes three most of all fuck you. fuck you yeah so um the thing is that i failed to mention was these guys were so pissed off and the reason why they were being so hostile with them was because they recognized them mm -hmm. they're like hey aren't you the guy that works at the hardware store yeah <laughs> they had like a monkey mask on and it was like so fucking weird anyway yeah <laughs> fucking numbskulls so then we go into the very Grindhouse-esque, very exploitation film, very Rob Zombie-ish, I guess, musical transition. And it's like an opening credit. Yeah. And it's one of Rob Zombie's songs as he co-scored the entire movie. Yeah. Um, so it's got a lot of his music in it. Um, right. It's sort of like his music videos style. Like, and it's yeah, got a lot absolutely. of like, crazy, crazy imagery. scenes. And, yeah. And so we'll see that throughout the movie. There's um, just in the transitions from one scene to another. It doesn't just do a clean cut or what, is that what it's called? A clean mm -hmm. cut. Yeah. It's not just a clean cut. It's 
the scene and then it's like maybe a commercial, maybe it's um, a scene of baby masturbating to a skeleton. Maybe it's Otis going on a rant against capitalism. Maybe it is and I wrote, absolutely fucking anything. I wrote something down about that, that eventually it gets a little too, like, too much. Like, well, I this think that opening transition is so fu- fucking long. And I was just like, oh, my God, start. And I love this guy. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, my God, start. Yeah. So when it finally does start. When we're, it finally does we're start. We're finally introduced to the, the four, four friends. friends, which at first it's really you only think it's two because you don't see the girls at first. All right. So there's two <laughs> guys in the front seats and two girls sleeping in the mm-hmm. back. We don't see them until yeah. later. Let me ask you a question real quick, though. Did you get their names? Like, I know you've seen it. Maybe you like it and you remember their names. But like, I had a hard time remembering. Like, I knew who the characters were. But in my head, I'm like looking mm-hmm. at them. That's who they really were, the guy from The Office and Chris Hardwick. Because I'm like, what the <laughs> hell was their names? All and right. So Dwight from The Office was Bill. Bill, right. Chris Hardwick. But this was like a chunky Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Hardwick was Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dana from The L Word was So we don't even hear Denise. The, see them yet. Okay. Yeah. So we're right so, there. We're right. <laughs> they pull up because they need gas. So we're introduced to Bill and Jerry, and that is Dwight and Chris Hardwick, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're driving through the darkness um, because they're traveling across country, as we mentioned before we went on break. Um, however, they're low on gas because when Bill, I was, I'm just going to call him Dwight, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time pulling Bill. So because Dwight asked Chris Hardwick, you know, didn't you put gas? He's like, yeah. Well, he goes, well, how much? A couple bucks to go cross country. He's like, what am I made of money? It's like so cheesy, but hilarious. I like it. I love it a lot. Okay, anyway, so they stop that Luckily, Captain Spaulding's is coming up. And so they stop by Captain Spaulding's and they're like, what oddities? Oh, they get to the gas station. Chris Hardwick goes into the gas station to mm-hmm. figure out if it's worth waking the girls up for while comes, Dwight pumps gas. And he, he takes a step out. in. He takes one step in and runs right back out and says, we got to do this. Yeah, he's excited as hell. Yeah, so they wake up the girls and they go in there and they take a look at everything yeah. around them. The girls are, one of them is being like, ugh, I don't want to be here. The other one's like, oh, I'm going to call my dad. And the other one, and then the, then the guys are talking with Captain Spaulding and Captain Spaulding is, you know, kind of like, what the fuck are you asking a yeah, bunch of asshole like, questions? I want to know, why are you asking all these questions? And he kind of intimidates him, but then he j- tricks him and laughs and he's like, makes a big joke out of it. Um, and they really, you know, are, well, the one guy, Chris Hardwick's character is like really into it. He's really enjoying it and wants to like see more. And then that's when I think Dr. Satan talks about the murder ride. And that they got to go on the murder ride. Right. And so when they finally get on the murder ride, they talk about the following. Oh, actually, when they go to the murder ride, all it is, it's like a little cart yeah, that a- four people are sitting in. And then this big guy, the one with the <laughs> axe earlier, yeah, is pushing them, like manually pushing them mm-hmm. down the rail. So um, throughout the murder ride, it's just Captain Spaulding giving information about certain serial killers or whatever. Yeah, I- so Captain Spaulding is giving them little tidbits about um, different serial killers throughout while the guy is pushing them through. And it's 
like dummies with fake blood coming out of them and bodies on nooses kind of shaking, but they look stuffed. Yeah. Um, and then there's screaming in the background. Everything's dark. Everything's bloody. Everything looks moist. <laughs> <laughs> you love so, that word, moist. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so the first one they see is Albert Fish. Oh, right. Yeah. And they give them a, they give them a little bit of information on that. Then they see Lizzie Borden. And then they see Ed Gein. Yep. Finally, the creme de la creme of this area, because it's a local legend, is... Dr. Satan. Dr. Satan. And from what... He's, from what Captain Spaulding shares, Dr. Satan used to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist or something. Yeah, some and, sort of crazy doctor. Some some doctor. And he thought that he could make super beings or superhumans out of the mentally disabled if he just tweaked them a little bit. Right. So he was run out of town and then lynched. But when he was lynched in the in his at, in the hanging tree, the next day his body had disappeared, and so goes the legend of Doctor Satan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now the kids want to go see this tree where Doctor Satan was. Mm-hmm. Um, so while Denise goes and calls killed. her dad, as I mentioned earlier, right, um, the boys get directions from Captain Spaulding. They get a map. Mm-hmm. And they make their way. Yeah. Mind you, Captain Spaulding tells them to just not even bother yeah. with Yeah, Captain it. Spaulding is like, don't waste your time. It's just a fucking tree. It's pouring. Similarly to how um, Old Man in The Hills Have Eyes was like, stay mm-hmm. on the road. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, basically. But they don't listen and they start to head that way anyways. And it's pouring rain and they're driving down the road and along... Comes the a hitchhiker. Road. Yeah, they see a hitchhiker. She's got an umbrella. A pink umbrella. And they're like, well, we got to pick her up. It's pouring rain. And the girls behold, are like, well, you sit her up with you. Yeah, they're like, we don't want her back here with us. That's but what they say now. Lo and behold, <laughs> it's Baby. Baby. Mrs. Rob Zombie. Baby Firefly. Baby Firefly, yes. Yeah. And so here's the thing. It's very much like the opening of um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because there, they also pick up a um, a hitchhiker. Do you yes. remember? And right. And they talk about hitchies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they pick up Baby. And as they're making conversation with her, they are asking her if she knows the legend of Dr. Satan and where the hanging mm-hmm. tree is. And she's like, hey, I know where that is. It's right by my house. I'll show you. Right. And so she takes them towards her house. We see. They don't see. But we see, Somebody's as the audience, somebody the shoots their tire out. So they get a flat tire. Yes. Right. Which wouldn't be a big deal if Chris Hardwick hadn't forgotten to put the spare tire in the car. Yeah. He's a big dummy. He's just like, oh, um, what was plan B if I forgot to put the tire back in the trunk? Yeah. All right, idiot. Whatever. We're driving cross country. like. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess it was 1977, right? People were not as... You know, smart back then. I think that's stupid, too. People were very smart back then. (laughs) Well, so before this whole picking up the hitchhiker thing, we see a news story. And the news story is about five missing cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. That plays in. That is the big deal. The big news story in that town is that there are five missing cheerleaders. We see it in one of the transition scenes. We see it in um, the news story that's on the radio when they actually are listening to the radio. Right. Okay. So, um... So basically, we were. But that was a transition scene before, um, 
that was a transition scene from leaving Captain Spaulding's to finding Baby. Right. Okay. Um, so now they get their tire shot out. And Baby's like, don't worry about it. My brother has a tow truck. My house is not too far. We'll just go there. Mm-hmm. And then he'll fix it for you. Yep. She's super, like, nonchalant. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's all good. Yeah, it's no all big fine. deal. And then so um, Dwight and Baby walk to the house. At the house, we see Otis. And he's yelling at the kidnapped cheerleaders. And he's yelling at them and berating them. And they're all tied up. And it looks like one is already dead. But that's how we know that this house is no good. Because the dead cheerleaders are in there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or not the dead cheerleaders, but the kidnapped cheerleaders. And at least one of them is dead. Then we cut back to Baby and Dwight on the porch. And Baby's like, oh, darn, it's locked. I have to go around. So she goes around and Dwight is looking at all of these dolls, baby dolls, like, like nailed onto the house. And there are dolls with their heads cut off, dolls just with body parts or whatever. And then baby comes back and scares him as he's looking at them. And she's like, I just to just, you know, cut off all the parts of my dolls and just stack them on there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. She does that annoying <laughs> laugh and she's super proud of, yeah, her uh, yeah. dead dolls on the wall or whatever. Yep. So they yeah. go inside and they dry off and Dwight is like, hey, we should probably get it. Um, we should. Uh, can your brother help us? And she's like, oh, he already left. And she, yeah. she's scantily clad. And she's like flirting with him. And then she starts taking off his glasses and wearing them and say, how do I look? And being very flirtatious. Dwight, meanwhile, is like trying to back away from her. And was like, oh, hey, you know, uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to do anything with you. Right. Um, being very modest. Um, you keep calling him Dwight and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill, whatever Bill, his name yeah. is. Bill Dwight. Yeah, so she she's um really being super flirtatious, but mm-hmm. you know, and she's Back doing the- a, she's doing a good job of just keeping him distracted. Yeah. And the rest of them are just sitting there arguing in the car, waiting, and all of a sudden they get scared because boom, uh this big guy, guy with a like wolf um, pelt. pelt on him yeah um is just standing there looking all crazy and shit and they're like oh well it's cool it's probably his the brother it's a tow truck, yeah. yeah so he's hooking them up on the tow truck and he's gonna take them back to the house and that's when wait hold on but i want to get back to where um i want to go back really quick because there's this little snippet that i want to mention um when baby and when baby when baby scares dwight bill um in the patio, he goes, you scared the shit out of me. And she's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, right. And that's when you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, So when everybody else is back at the house, um, you know, Rufus, that's the brother with the tow truck. Rufus got back to the house uh, with everybody else and he went to go fix their car. Um, Denise starts asking about a phone because she needs to call her dad because he's going to be worried that they're late. Mm -hmm. And that's when Mama Firefly appears. Yeah. And Mama Firefly says they have no phone. They used to have one, but she doesn't find anybody she wants to talk to anymore. Yes. Right. That's her excuse Mm -hmm. for not having a phone. And and she's also very scantily dressed. Well, and she's also very, um, what's the word? Horny. Yeah, <laughs> but she's horny in the way that she looks like she smells bad and she's probably... She has those 
wonderful firefly family teeth. Yeah. Um, but she feels she looks like she's like aching for it. And you're like, holy shit, woman, slow your roll because <laughs> dude, that is not even cute. Um, so she's like, oh, you know, it's a uh, she used to make small talk with him, whatever. And then she's like, oh, it's Halloween. You guys have to be our guests. Mm-hmm. We'll be glad to have you as our guests. Right. Yeah. I think also because Rufus says that or somebody says that it's not going to be done until tomorrow or something like that. The car is going to be a while. The four teenagers are sitting at the dinner table and suddenly this giant comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this he is, just, uh... he's this tall, enormous tall guy. He's like seven feet tall. He's like towering over everybody everybody's scared and he also has this mask and you can tell that he's hiding some kind of deformity or something and he sits down without saying a word um, at the head of the table mama firefly comes out and writes a note that says go get grandpa and he gets right back up and goes and gets grandpa yeah. and that's where mother firefly says to says to everybody that her husband earl Used to be so gentle and whatever. And I guess he had some kind of a nervous or psychotic break. And he just, he tried to burn down the whole family. And he didn't and he didn't realize that Tiny was in the room where the fire started. Mm-hmm. So he got really badly burned and he can't hear or anything. Or he it messed up his ears or something. Yeah. Now, this whole dinner sequence, obviously, very much so like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And... You know, I mean, again, it is an homage. It is part of, you know, I guess Rob Zombie is like kind of showing his appreciation. Um, but again, it's not super original yet anyways. But the, um, yeah, so that's where we meet. That, that big deformed person that we were talking about is Tiny. That's mm-hmm. his name. So we find out about him. And then they also start to, I think it's like Grandpa and and. Well, he, that's what they tell Tiny to go get Grandpa for dinner, right? Right. So um, Grandpa is just this throwaway character, really. He's mm-hmm. just there for filling in a void in the next scene. But um, before all that, during dessert, they start asking about Dr. Satan. And that's when we hear Otis interject coming in from the other room saying, what do you know about Dr. Satan? What have you heard about Dr. Dr. Satan? And Otis comes in with Leroy. Yeah. And Leroy is a fetus that he's carrying inside of a mason jar. Yeah. And um and mama uh, mama firefly is just so like head over heels for this Leroy where you're like what the fuck is this? Um and then Otis starts to talk a little bit about Dr. Satan but hesitates and says that they should leave with their minds full of puppy dogs and innocent things instead of what Dr. Satan is. So he kind of gives him a little bit, kind of doesn't, whatever. Next, they announce, now it's time for the show. Yeah, now it's like it's starting to get a little weird because, yeah, what show? What are you talking about? Some crazy creep show. Exactly. But um, while everybody else is eating, Baby isn't there. Baby is getting ready for the show, and she is upstairs getting makeup on for this, whatever this show is going to be. But she's um, kind of bullying and tormenting one of the tied up cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. Like kind of, I think at one point she says, you, um, she goes, you've been here all this time and I'm not at all more cheerful. But she's like hitting her with the doll. She's saying, oh, oh, she's making her cheer her name. It's just 
like just bullying, like yeah. psychotic. Give me a B, give me an A, like that, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, showtime. Grandpa is doing the grandpa thing. Mm-hmm. He is the comedy act. He's the MC and the comedy. Now, aren't and the he, kids held making, hostage though while they're watching the show? Like, no, they ask. Not, no, they no, no. They're like, come watch the show because at that point the car isn't ready yet, so they okay, kind of right, have to yeah. continue. They're listening to grandpa's comedy, and the guys are really digging it because it's dirty and raunchy. Yeah. The girls are like, what? No, Mm-mm. nope. Especially I do not Chris consent. Hardwick. <laughs> Chris Hardwick is loving that shit. But then afterwards. It's baby's performance. And she's in this super tight kind of, I want to say kind of like golden age kind of makeup and dress kind of just. Yeah. And she starts to sing Betty Boop or whatever it is. I want to be like you. I think that's King Louie. Okay, maybe. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> um, so she, yeah, she's singing some kind of songs. Um, but it is Betty Boop, I think, who she's um trying to be and she is dancing away she's dancing with the guys and um she's kind of skips over chris hardwick and goes to dwight and sits on his lap mm-hmm. she's starting to get real touchy-feely with and that's um, when mary fucks up and that's Bill. when she gets them all killed right mary is dwight's girl right mm-hmm. the, yeah the one who does all right not not the one with the dad right right yeah <laughs> And yeah, she says, fuck this shit. I'm going to stand up and, and make a scene here. And she pushes baby off of his lap and calls her a dirty whore. whore. Yeah. And baby's like, she pulls out the switchblade on her and says, I'll fucking cut you. I'll cut you, bitch. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> and damn sure she will, too. And then um, suddenly Rufus opens the door and he's like, the car's ready. And everybody gets in the fucking car yeah, and leaves. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. So they have to open the gate. And that's where I think Bill gets out um, mm-hmm. to to go open the gate so they can actually drive the car through and get out. And when that happens, we start to see the scarecrows getting down from their posts. And, uh, yeah. and who is the scarecrows? None other but Otis, Otis and Tiny. Otis and Tiny. And so Dwight gets attacked yeah. and he's like one, uh, two hits. He got hit. He hit the ground. Right? That's how it goes. (laughs) And then Jerry also then gets attacked. And then the girls try to barricade themselves in the car. But the windows get smashed in. They get pulled out of the car. And the car starts getting fucking destroyed. Yeah. They have no chance at this point. The next morning, RJ walks out of the house. It is October 31st, 1977. He gets in his tow truck and takes their completely destroyed car on his tow truck out of the property. Yep. And that's all we see. That's all you see of that car. Done deal. Mm-hmm. Back in town, Denise's dad calls a sheriff um, near Rugsville, which is where this is all happening, um, and asks for help locating her. Um, he, I guess, is an old, like a retired sheriff or a police officer of sorts, so he's asking for a favor. Can you go check this out? She was at Captain Spaulding's when she last called me, and the sheriff from Rugsville is like, "Well, we had really bad storms. Maybe they're, you know, stranded on the strike uh, on the side of the road somewhere." So we'll go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, back at the house. Bill is basically becoming fish boy about the right about now. Yeah. So back at the house, Mary wakes up screaming and she's tied up and she's gagged. And Otis has her in a dunce cap. 
yeah. facing the wall because she's the one that fucked it all up, right? Because right. they were looked like they were going to let them go. Right. Had she not fucking fucked up. I don't think they really were going to let them go, but they were giving the impression of Maybe. they might have. So he calls her um, Malibu Barbie and asks mm-hmm. her, do you even work? And it doesn't, <laughs> and ice, uh, uh, what is it? And scooping up ice cream doesn't count. So you're like, oh shit, this guy's got some feelings. Kind of like uh, Papa Jupe in The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, right. Right? He's like, you think you're better than me? Right? So the same kind of concept. It's the same concept. Um, she asks for Dwight or Bill. And we go through this flashback to um, the torture. Poor Bill's going through. Yeah. To the song Brick House with oh. Baby dancing horribly while... Rob Otis. Zombie sings it horribly. Oh no, it's the real Brick House. Yeah, that. it's it's Brick House. <laughs> Baby's dancing horribly while Otis is torturing Bill. Mm-hmm. So back we go into back into real time, and Otis is like, "You want to see where he is?" and moves outside the curtain, and we see Bill, aka Dwight. Fish, Fish boy. boy. Yep. He is um, the newest addition to Captain Spaulding's <laughs> Museum of Madmen and Mania, Monsters and Madmen. <laughs> <laughs> and Chicken and Gasoline. Yes. <laughs> um, and speaking of Captain Spaulding, back at Captain Spaulding's, the sheriff is following up with the missing person, right? And, and they go and they ask Captain Spaulding all these questions. And Captain Spaulding has nothing to hide. He tells him exactly what happened and yeah. what's beautiful about the magnificent, amazing, adorable Captain Spaulding is he still fucking is himself and he yeah. gives him so much sass. He's he like, is I, so sassy. He goes, I even drew him a map and I told him this is where it was and blah, blah, blah. And he's uh-huh. like, you know, so he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I, I just figured I'd, they'd get scared and go away or whatever. Yeah. So yep. It's almost like he makes total sense. You know, it's like, of course, even though yeah, so we don't know the extent of their relationship yet. Yet. All right. So um, back at the house. Um, I think, nope. I think we wake up with the other girl. Yep. Denise wakes up uh-huh. and she's in Tiny's room and she's wearing a dress and she's wearing makeup. Yeah. Like little girl dress and little girl makeup, right? Yeah. And Tiny comes in with a tray of food and really it's. A box of cereal and then a dog food bowl yeah. that says tiny on it. And yeah. he's eating out of that. But what is he reading? What is he reading? What is he eating? Um, he's eating some sort of fake cereal, but it's called uh, Agatha. Agatha Crispies. Crispies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, and that's she a- asks to be let go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what does he do? He basically just says, go ahead. He unties her. Unties her, her undoes the chains or whatever, and it's like, here you go. Just leave. She starts creeping out. (laughs) She's like, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go now. I'm going to. It's okay. I'm going to go. And that is cut off very quickly. Otis. By Mr. Otis. Mr. Otis. He, um... He stops her and then throws her into a cage where there are like these feral women hiding in there. Yeah, or and I wanted to ask you about that. What the hell? Was the, what was that? No Who fucking clue. <laughs> no idea fuck? what happened. They popped out of nowhere and then we never saw them again. At first I thought it was like, were those the cheerleaders? But no. it wasn't. And, and they were totally on their the Firefly's side. So that was pretty, um, I don't know, out there. 
was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And now let's follow back up with the sheriff because now the sheriff and Denise's dad are together and they're like, okay, well, we'll go hunting for your, we'll go searching for your daughter and her friends together. Right. They have their little past relationship or whatever. Yeah. But then they find the car Mm -hmm. and they find the car fucked up. Yep. And they find a little special surprise in the trunk. In the trunk. Yep. They find a dead body. And it's one of the cheerleaders, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she is butt naked, I think, right? Yeah. And she has words like carved, uh, carved into, her, into her body. And I don't remember what the words were. I couldn't make out what it was saying either. But yeah, she's fucked up and dead in the trunk. And it was almost like a, a message or something like that. So they continued to, they continued to, um, to, you know, search for, for Denise. But this time they're, so much more vigilant and so much more aware that some fucked up shit is happening. Yeah, yeah. So at this point in time, I mean, do you remember like so how do they end up finally coming to the Fireflies house? Are they just kind of going down the roads and like, oh, there's something this way. Yeah, right? they're gonna they're searching all the farms on the outskirts because it was the car was found on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point we go and we visit Jerry. Right, Jerry, who is Chris Hardwick again. Yep, he finds himself with baby. And he is tied up and baby is like in full cheerleader uniform. <laughs> she's dressed like a cheerleader and she's um, one crazy bitch. She's one fucking crazy bitch. <laughs> but she's telling him, oh, you know, let's play a game and you have to guess, you know, whatever. So he goes, who's my favorite actress? And he grow, he goes, Marilyn Monroe. She goes, hmm, nope. It's Betty Davis. And then she scalps him. Oh, yeah. She scalps him Not completely, good. but she gets him some good nicks in there. Yeah, yeah. She scalps him good. Um, man, it was something funny. We were just watching, a, I think we were watching a, some YouTube video review on some horror movie. I don't want to go into detail because I don't remember which one it was. But the guy was talking about scalping. And he said it's not like the scalping from this movie and then or like something. He was using this as a reference. I don't know if you heard that. Did you catch that? Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, it was a pretty rough scalping scene. She just slices his top of his head right off. Yeah. Although um, some some scalping scenes can be done a little better, like in Glorious Bastards. You think it could be done better? I like that that scalping scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. (laughs) I was going to say, I I think it's fine just the way it is. (laughs) Um, Okay. So... The sheriff, Denise's dad, and... Oh, speaking of Inglorious Bastards, but not of that movie, but Tarantino's movie, Hateful Eight, that other sheriff's, uh, the, the not the Wydell, but the other one, I forgot his name. Uh, Nash? Yeah, maybe, I guess. He's um, from the Hateful Eight. I don't know. Just thought oh, I'd yeah, tie that's that right. in there. I, 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 yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. So. Okay, so um, Wydell... And his Wydell and Nash and Denise's dad, Don, make it to the Firefly household. Right. They stumble across the house. Yeah. Well, because they're searching all of the mm-hmm. ones from the outskirts. Yep. So they come and, and knock on the door. Um, and Mama Firefly runs to Otis and is like, there's police here. And he's like, well, you distract him, gives her a gun and then tells Grandpa Hugo I guess I have to take charge and nobody else does it. Because all Grandpa Grandpa Hugo is watching like Wheel of Fortune or The Price is Right or something while eating yeah, a TV dinner. It doesn't even seem like he moves or reacts at all. Right. That the cops are there. 
Um, and so Mama Firefly finally does open the door. Yeah, she opens the door and she starts um, kind of telling him, you know, go away. You know, yeah, like she's yeah. like trying to be dismissive. And he's like, I need really need your help with this. And she's like, OK, well, come on in finally. Right. OK. In the meantime, Don and Nash are circling the back and they're searching the back. Yeah. And we know that we know that they're not going to find anything good. No, but they do find a shed. They do find um, a good boy. There's a dog in this movie. Oh, Yes. Yeah. They get right. scared by a dog. Right. Uh, they try to go in through the back, but they're like super hoarders. Mm-hmm. And um, they find a, some sounds coming from a shed and they open the shed and they see. It's all of those. Uh, the cheerleaders, cheerleaders. And then they see uh, Mary, who is the other teenage girl. Right. Like strung up like Jesus style, um, tied up in the shed. Mm-hmm. And. We, we see, and all of this is done in slow motion from now on. We see Nash calling on the radio. We see Dawn turn around and run. And then we see back at the sheriff with Mama Firefly. And he turns his head to answer the call that's on his shoulder. Yep. And we see her stone cold look him, look at him, pull the gun out and shoot him in the neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then next it's the... Three shots to Don as he's running away and he falls forward onto a pool of, of yeah. dirty water. And From, that was Otis shooting Otis, him. Yeah. Yep. Then we see Deputy Nash. He gets on his knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is that dramatic scene I was talking about. Absolutely. And this has to be watched. He gets on his knees because Otis tells him to. And Otis holds the gun to his head to shoot him. And then he holds it. Yeah. And then he holds it. And then he holds it. He holds it for a good while. Long pause. Long time. And it goes silent because it's actually a really good song that's playing. And by the time the song's over, it goes silent and he shoots him in the head. Bam. So after that dramatic death scene, the fireflies decide that they're going to have their little Halloween party. Yeah. Well, of course. You think some murders are going to get in the way of partying and... Where do they go buy their liquor? Oh, it was like the hot pussy. At Red Hot Pussy Liquors. Red Hot Pussy Liquor store. Yeah. And Baby shows up with Rufus and they're buying so much. She's got her ass hanging out, right? And it's just really just letting us know that they're fucked up in case we hadn't noticed that Baby was a fucked up individual. Right. And I mean, that's what I mean. There was a couple of these just like random sequences that just don't really have anything to do with the story or whatever, but just kind of, I guess, set the mood or give us an impression of uh, these characters. So, yeah. Anyways, um, after they, they go back to the house... We have, we see them, uh, we see them back at the house and the, the remaining captives, which are Chris Hardwick, Mary and Denise are dressed up in bunny suits and they are tied up in the living room. We see a scene that Otis is kind of fucking with somebody's dead body. And we don't really fully understand what it is until he's coming down the stairs dressed as Denise's dad. Oh yeah. As in she's he is wearing his, his suit face and his chest. That's his skin. Yes. Yeah. So he goes and he and he's walking down the stairs and he's like, I am the da 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 and then the girls are saying, Who's your daddy? And yep. that's Mama Firefly and Baby. And then finally 
Denise is kind of like coming in and out of consciousness and she's um, she sees and she's like, daddy. And then Otis, as her dad, kisses her on the kisses mouth. Her. With he sticks her dad's his tongue face. through oh. the mouth of the, the skin so of the, yeah, the dad. It's gross. So fucking it's gross. gross. I now, can't like, even. Again, skin to the face. That's kind of an Ed Gain, Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference, you know. Mm-hmm. So. You know, definitely Rob Zombie is not like doing subtle ones. He's putting it out there big. But yeah. Also, he did it really well. Yeah. He did it well. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> um, so then Otis tells him, you guys want to see Dr. Satan? Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you Dr. Satan. He says and the boogeyman's real or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. So they take them to the field. And in the field, um, there's this hole. There's a casket. And then there's this hole, but the hole doesn't lead just to a grave. It leads to some fucking underground catacombs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know that just yet because right now we just see Mary running away. Yeah. She's like, fuck this and books it. Shoot. And she runs and they're going to try to, you know, just shoot. They're trying to shoot her or whatever. And baby goes, no, let me get her. And baby plays this game of cat and mouse with her. She's like or- telling this story of Peter Peter Rabbit. Yeah, cat, cat and rabbit, you mean. <laughs> I guess so. But she's telling, but she's vocally saying the story right. of Peter Rabbit. Peter, Peter Rabbit, yeah. And then she's like, uh, she's calling her Rabby. And it's so annoying because yeah. she kind of has a really high pitched voice. She does get annoying after a while. You yeah. Know? So she, um, so Mary's running, running and she falls and she falls and she finds herself at a fucking cemetery. And then um, baby attacks her. Baby fucking proceeds to stab kill her multiple her. times. Yeah, she, she doesn't kill her. her. She hella kills her. She, she told her she was going to cut she her. She killed her the fuck up. She killed her the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> oh, man. She but got she her good, told though. her she was going to stab her. Yeah, she did. She, she said wasn't she wasn't a liar. <laughs> nope. now, um, now, the other two, they're all about to get buried down into Dr. Satan's mm-hmm. dwellings or something. Well, so they get put in the... The coffin. In the, yeah, in the casket, and then they get lowered down into mm-hmm. the catacombs. Yeah. And, and Otis is all like... he's got It's like he's in ritual mode. He's got uh-huh. his face all painted mm-hmm. up, and he's wearing like some sort of... Uh, garb. Garb, yeah. yeah. So he also lowers a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. And in lowering the tape recorder, it's playing like this chanting that you can't really understand. Yeah. But with the chanting done, it awakens whatever is down there in the depths. Mm-hmm. Because they crash through the casket and they grab Jerry. Yeah. Now this is where the movie gets fucking weird. This oh, is this where, is where it gets weird? Oh, before it was like <laughs> rough and bad and torturistic and, you know, but this is like, well... Weird, like we got, like you said, this or we're awakening everything <laughs> that's down below in these catacombs. So, so Jerry disappears. Yep. And then so Denise is there alone, and so she's like jumping out of there, and she's like, "Holy fuck!" And she's like walking through the catacombs uh-huh. and just trying to figure out her way. She runs into this dude, and this dude is like super silent, and all he does is rip her bunny costume off of her. Right. Yeah. There's also a point in time where you hear, like, I think uh, Jerry screaming, help me, it's eating me. <laughs> like the distance. Oh, my God. Because yeah. she finds her way. She I, finds her way to. Um, it's like this underground layer, this dungeon. It's almost like an asylum slash every one of those things put together. Yeah. And so she keeps like running into and kind of hearing all of Dr. Satan's mental patients that had been fucked with. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. That's where they're kept or something. Right. 
Then she finds Jerry and Jerry is on Dr. Satan's table. And that's when we see Dr. Satan mm-hmm. and he's like a million years old. Well, wait, he's half so, machine. So I got a question for you though, because Jerry's on the table and you see that one guy with the that's things. Dr. Satan. But then who's the other guy then? That's Earl. That's Earl. Mr. Firefly. Oh, see, I was confused. I kept thinking that that other guy was Dr. Satan and this was his like Igor or something like that. No, no. Earl is his Igor. Oh. Because you remember the flashback scene when they were talking about how Tiny got his injuries? Right. That was this big, beefy dude. It's the same big, beefy dude that chases Denise after she sees what Dr. Satan is doing. But let's talk about Dr. Satan for a little bit. Dr. Satan looks like super emaciated. And he's looks like he's being kept alive by the machines that are his mm-hmm. arms and stuff. Right. He it's looks like, like he's wearing bat wings, but really it's just machines that help him move his body yeah, as he's, he's conducting his experience. Over his face yeah. And all that. Yeah. Like he even ha- yeah, he has like an oxygen mask. Mm-hmm. And so he's being kept alive through probably his own procedures. And Jerry has his head slit open because they're fucking with his brain or something. Yeah. And they're just like He's all convulsing. And yeah, convul- he's con- Jerry's fucked. Convulsing? Did I say that probably? Convulsion? No. Convulsing? Okay, maybe I did say it right. I think you said it right. Um, but Jerry's fucked. He's may as well just say goodbye, bye, Jerry. <laughs> so Earl, Mister Firefly, chases after Denise, and he's chasing mm-hmm. her through the catacombs, and we get this great scene where she's hiding from him. And we just see her face up against the wall. Right. And then down the rest of the hallway, we see Earl coming. It's a really great scene. Yeah. And it's, it does get pretty tense at this point in time. It does. She's running. She doesn't know where she's going. She's all like, you know, this lost, crazy asylum. And this guy's fucking chasing her with a giant fucking axe. Mm-hmm. Um, at one, so at one point, he does catch up to her. And he swings. And he misses. He misses. He hits the fucking door. He and hits chops a, open the yeah. door or something. And she runs off, right? He hits a at some, he hits a post that's hold. It's a load bearing post, and it no, no tumbles down. No, this is before the post though. Oh, okay. Just before the post, she she she's like he Jack in, Torrance's. Yeah, he Jack Torrance's <laughs> through the door, and then she gets out, and then she keeps running and running and running, and that's when she comes to the area where there's the beam, mm. and then he finally catches up to her, and he swings. And hits the beam. Now, I also happen to read a couple tidbits on this one, too. And they said that um, something about that technically the mask and everything that he was wearing in that scene was so um, uh, it was hard for him to see that when he swung and hit that beam for real, that if she didn't happen to move out of the way, she could have gotten severely injured. Um, So it was all great timing that she moved out of the way. You know, before she got hit. Yeah, no, I can see how that happens. I mean, that's a he has a pretty good costume on, and that looks like a fucking real axe. Like he's swinging it heavy, right? If that makes sense. Yes, it makes total sense. Um, so then, at um, some point, they continue their chase. He hits um, yeah, a load bearing beam, the beam yep. and the earth comes trump comes tumbling <laughs> down onto him. Yeah, she also gets knocked unconscious, mm-hmm. unconscious, unconscious 
Unconscious. No. She also gets knocked unconscious. I'm having trouble with that word. All right, don't worry about it. I said it. Okay. So she gets knocked unconscious. But then later comes to and makes her way up to the surface. Yeah. It's now daytime. Now again, an homage type of scene, right? Because she sticks her hand up through... Evil Dead? Is that that the one? Evil Dead? I don't know. Um, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Right. No. Yes. <laughs> so many different ones. So, anyways. Um, but she climbs her way Oh, wait a minute. Also homage to Evil Dead. Well, I guess Evil Dead 2. Um, Dwight, he gets his hand chopped off by Otis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, anyway. Um, so then she makes her way to the surface and she starts running through the field. And it's just, you know, dry Texas field, what it looks like. Just whatever you imagine Texas was in the 1970s in the dry heat summer in, in the most rural of rural areas. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And she's um, she finally gets to the street, to a highway. And here comes Captain Spaulding in his fucking uh, cherry convertible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he like says, all right, come on in. And he, he's talking to her and she passes out from exhaustion or whatever. And we see Otis sit up from the back. Right. Again, the this also references like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but okay. But the interesting part about this movie is it does not end like most horror movies, because this being the final girl wakes up and she is on Doctor Satan's table. Yes, and that's she screams. The very last scenes we see, it's all red in mm-hmm. color. She's awake. She's on Doctor Satan's table. Mm-hmm. She's screaming, as you said, and she doesn't make it. Like, was that what you're saying about the final Absolutely. girl? She doesn't survive. No final so she's girl. She's not a final girl. Right? Absolutely. So who's the final girl in this movie? Nobody. Nobody. He like broke with tradition. Um, and that is the end of the movie. Um, or is it? Because there's also a question mark involved when it says the end. And, uh, well, we know it's not because, <laughs> right? Because Devil's Rejects come, but yeah, we know it's not because, uh, because Devil's Rejects and then Three from Hell is supposed to be the sequel to that, uh-huh. which I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I can't wait to see that too. It'd be nice to see these characters, um, come back to life now and see, see what's the next chapter in their lives. Yeah, because Devil's Reject was fucked up. Like, it does not stop. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know, I again, like, this one was more fun, and there was just a little bit more, like, outlandish shit in it, mm-hmm. whereas Devil's Reject's a little bit more straightforward. Um, I just, I guess the time, one thing that always, when I look at the movie poster for Devil's Rejects, Otis has such a thick beard or goatee, and in this one he hardly has any facial hair, so I guess that must be a depiction of how much time has possibly passed. I guess so. Um, Because it's the same actor. Although, I think um, the Mama Firefly character is played by somebody else in the Yeah, well, she is too, but because Mama Firefly, um, what was her name? Karen? Karen Black. Karen Black. Uh, She was too expensive or something like that. Yes, expensive. She's like, ah, this movie better pay me to be in it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I would. It's a really rough movie to be in. (laughs) Like, she had to, um, she had to really be exposed to a lot of fucked upness. But that's the movie. That's the movie. Was the end Um, and then the recording from what I just recently just looked up was um it was a slowdown version or a slowdown uh recording of Aleister Crowley repeating 
bury me in a nameless grave, which is a line from one of his poems from the 1920s. And if you don't know who Alistair Crowley is, you might want to follow me on one of my rabbit hole episodes because Alistair Crowley is like the most evil man of that era. Huh. I want, I'm just putting two and two together right now. Black Sabbath has a song. Oh, no, it's Ozzy, I think, who has a song. Mr. Crowley. Yes, exactly. Just, yeah, right. He was like this occultist kind of like anti-church guy where in a time that it was not good not cool. and then it was a, it wasn't he, the hip he, thing to be man he was also bisexual because he had sex with men and women which was illegal at the time yeah so <laughs> there were a lot of things that made him like the beast so it he's like you know he's up there but but so there are a lot of references, and I, I couldn't even begin to name all of the references for all of the call-outs to horror movies that he paid homage to. But I can tell you that the ones I saw, I left very satisfied with. I absolutely love this movie. It is fucked up beyond belief. But there are more fucked up movies. <laughs> there are, yeah. I think that, again, this movie still has a lot of, like, cinematical kind of issues. Sometimes the the choppiness of the cutscenes is a little overkill after a while um there's a lot of you know just i don't know i liked it i think mm-hmm. it was definitely a good movie he did a good job there's some really dramatic scenes and, and the characters are characters that lived on and you know again are great so absolutely how many times when you wear your hair down do i call you otis because this movie <laughs> sticks with sticks in my heart yeah you mean that's why you call me otis because of the hair I mean, that's what I'll admit to. (laughs) But it it does stay with you. And it's shit. It's been 16 years. It's been 16 years. And I think it still holds up. It's a great movie. Um, Of course, yes, there are many things that could be done differently slash better. But so what? It came out. It was good. I fucking dug it. I think it's a give or uh, a hit or miss for some people, though. I'm just, you know, um, looking at it from a different angle. And I kind of feel like that for some people, this may be something that's just too much for them. It's just over the top, kind of sick and stupid and dirty and trashy. Yeah. I mean, it does get a little campy at some points where it's funny, um, which is fine, but not what I prefer in my horror movies. I don't want to have the moment of levity. Um, What I did also not enjoy was, baby's laugh yeah baby's like, laugh i feel all- like it was really shrill i feel like if they could have just pulled back on it right. just a little bit less is more in that case yeah it because been- i guess it's supposed to be a maniacal little girl laugh but it wasn't quite there and the problem is that she carries that laugh throughout the entire universe of rob zombie movies um <laughs> which i guess is fine for him but not for me because i have sensitive ears <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's really high pitched well, um so the, the-, the soundtrack and the movie stuff too i mean it, every once in a while it's like i don't know i get he picked like that to redo that brick house song for the credits but and it's kind of funny to hear it when the credits are rolling but i can't but take that wasn't it the same time that corn did word up I don't know, but I also didn't take that too serious either. It just was a little like, yeah, mm, I guess. She's a brick house. Ooh, sing it again. Mighty, mighty, <laughs> letting it all hang out. I yeah. Ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people think the same way about his music. I like his music, but I'm not a super fan. I've seen him in concert. I would see him again if it, if it made sense. But, um, you know, I mean, his music is very straightforward in some ways where it's like, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And it's hey, just. I just learned to play uh, one of my most favorite songs ever. I'm not, I'm not just counting the beat, though. I'm just saying that it's like structurally, it's just kind of like segments and say, and then here's the change and then here's the next one and then repeat and change. And it's just it's very predictable after a while, but catchy and mm-hmm. fun to listen to. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I was saying, I just learned to play one of my favorite songs and all it is, it's what? The same, is it chords? Are they called chords? It's the yeah. same four chords over and over again? Yeah, well, you're talking about this little Static X song that you kind of yes. learned how to play, yeah. We'll have to brush it up one more time because <laughs> there were some technicalities. You, were, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I had it down-tuned in the wrong tuning and you were playing with a capo on, so... <laughs> However, I showed you to play it is not the real way. That to you be play. fair, I'm good at fingering, but not on a guitar. Those are different muscles. Right. I caught that one. I caught that one quick, like a fucking line drive. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else about this movie? Um, no, I guess I, I would tell people to go see it because this is one I have told people to go see in the past. Um you know, it may not be for you, but, you know, it. it's a good watch. And if you can withstand it, then watch Devil's Rejects after that. And then go <laughs> see Three from Hell when it comes out this October or whenever it's coming out. Yeah. 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 That'll be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so that is the episode for today. That is the episode for today. And now you know the drill. We want you to... Follow us, subscribe, rate, and do all that goodness that helps keep this podcast going. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. Like First we really foremost. appreciate it. Right. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and do it. Rate, give us a rating and uh and tell a friend. Um, leave a comment. We mm-hmm. have um reach out to us on our website. You can leave comments on whatever episode you want. You, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, all the handles are gonna be in the show notes. Uh, you can email us directly at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. Our website is icecreampodcast.com. Uh, check out our site. Sign up for our newsletter because mm-hmm. then you'll get some tidbits. Um, and then just let us know what you thought. Did you like the movie? Did you hate the movie? Were we completely off base? Yeah. Do you disagree with us? Let us know. Absolutely. Share your favorite horror movie. Mm-hmm. Tell us what we're missing out on. Right. Is there something we haven't seen yet? Probably. Yeah. I just heard of this movie. Well, it's on the list, but this movie called Raw. Yeah. I want to do Raw. I mean, I want to watch the movie Raw. (laughs) (laughs) Caught that one, too. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for us today. Yeah. um, Hope to hear from you soon. We'll see you next time. Signing off. Till next time. Bye. Okay. Bye.